Hey friends, welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. If you're tuning in for the very first time, I want to say thank you. My name is Jeff Lyle. Um, uh, we at Mavericks and Misfits um, really just endeavor to send out a podcast every week to just talk about things from a biblical perspective and give a little pushback both to the culture that doesn't know Christ and to the church that oftentimes approaches Jesus Christ outside of the context of truth, substituting man-made philosophy or traditions or um, just whatever the current flavor of the season is. And so the goal at Mavericks and Misfits is to continually say, let's think biblically on topics. Um, we are not simply um, you know, dry Bible people. We, we also believe in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that I try to do, and it's not necessarily the focus of every Mavericks and Misfits episode, but what I try to do is just, you know, constantly bring us deeper into the, um, the reverence for the written word of God and the awareness that we need the Holy Spirit. Like the church needs the word of God and we need the Holy Spirit and most churches force us to pick between the two. And so that's kind of like the underlying premise for much of what is taught and said and shared at uh, Mavericks and Misfits. I want to say thank you to those of you that have emailed and, um, you know, reached out. Um, you know, when we were starting the podcast, I didn't think anybody would email. <laughs> so I said on, on the first several podcasts, hey, if you got something to say, you know, you know, reach out to me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. And that's the podcast email address. And you, you, by the way, you can do that, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. What I didn't realize is that the questions that would be coming in would, um, for the most part, be highly theological in the sense of needing to enter into a dialogue with me about, well, what about this? What about this? You say this, we say this and all. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with those things. The problem for me is bandwidth. I don't have the ability to answer all of those emails because when it's theological, it means you've got to, you've got to have, you know, the proper Bible verses. You have to unpack them. You have to explain them. And most of the questions are in, in the kind of the details it's on a, on a very micro level. And that ends up like being, me writing term papers and I just don't have the time. So forgive me if I've disappointed any of you by not being able to answer in fullness, multiple emails or even email that, um, you know, has, has a need for some, some micro detail. I hope if you'll avail yourselves of the podcast from week to week and then the broader stuff, pardon me, I'm going to clear my throat. <clears> throat> the broader stuff that I teach under the umbrella of transforming truth. Cause I'm a pastor and I preach and teach usually three to five times a week. And most of those are recorded. I'm either, uh, teaching at Caneo ministry training center. That's the Bible college that I help lead or, and we're doing videos for those. We're creating new content for our online students. So I'm teaching three to five times a week. And all that boils down to is I don't have the ability to answer every email, but I still, talking out of both sides of my mouth. I still encourage you to email me because the ones I can't answer, I do answer. And sometimes I answer them on the air. Sometimes your question becomes a podcast episode. And so encourage you to reach out Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I will reply to all the emails. I just don't know if I'll be able to reply in full. And so today I actually want to talk about a subject that you have to get very biblical on. And we need the Holy Spirit, man, because this is a topic that the church, especially the younger you are, there is so much confusion on this issue. I mean, it's, it's, it's like straight up one of the most powerful tools of deception 
that Satan and the demonic realm use against the church today. And we're talking about biblical sexuality. And I'm not going to be able to comprehensively cover the subject in a you know 35-minute podcast episode. But I do want to say this, that um, uh, the Bible is so clear on uh, sexuality, human sexuality. And I'm going to give you, like, I'm going to give you the bottom line right off the bat. And, and, and this is what we have to process as the body of Christ in a culture that thinks what I'm about to say is absolutely ridiculous. And some in the church think that what I'm about to say is just ridiculous. But I promise you, this is the written revelation of God. This is what the Bible says about biblical sexuality. And I'll give it to you in a couple of sentences right here. So you ready? Sex is a gift from God for a husband and a wife, period, outside of the context of heterosexual marriage, comma, all sexual activity is sin. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Mavericks Misfits today. We'll see you later. No, just kidding. Um, I have no problem saying that. I wasn't actually reading it. I was just saying it because I know it. I've, I've just got that embedded in my spirit that the Bible is absolutely clear that God gave sex as a gift, a gift of pleasure, a gift of procreation, a gift to express the one flesh aspect of marriage between a man and a woman. And from that heterosexual um, union in the physical realm, there comes offspring and God says, I'm going to give you the ability to populate the entire earth and I'm going to make it the funnest, most wonderful, blessed experience you can have together in the physical realm. And by the way, it's only for a husband and a wife. And if you pursue that sexual gratification outside of the context of marriage, I am going to tell you repeatedly through my word, that is sin and I can't bless it. Yep, that includes engaged couples sleeping with each other. It's sin. It engaged. Uh, it includes couples that maybe are um, not engaging in sexual intercourse, but they're engaging in um, oral sex. They're engaging in watching pornography together and fooling around. Um, guys, I, I already feel it, man. I already feel it. People are like, come on, Jeff. And I'm like, no, you come on. You get with it. You get the mind of Christ on this. It involves pornography, masturbation. It involves, um, you, you know, heavy petting. You know, some people want to say, well, Jeff, am I allowed to kiss my, my future mate and everything? Well, we may touch that today because I, I don't know that I can tell you that it's a sin if you give your, you know, your bride to be or your husband to be a kiss on the lips before the wedding day. I can tell you this, you're not going to be hurt by not doing it. You're not going to be hurt by restraining and refraining. But, you know, when we get down to a kiss on the lips, so I'm going to tell you, man, if you're jamming your tongue down each other's throat, and you got your hands all over each other, it's straight up sin. Oh, man, I'm feeling the liberty. I'm feeling the liberty today. Um, and by the way, I'm not like this old-fashioned guy who's a Puritan and thinks that, you know, any kind of sexual pleasure is just absolutely heinous. It's of the devil, and we shouldn't even enjoy it. No, with husbands and wives, go at it, man. Have fun. Enjoy yourselves. But it's husbands and wives. And a lot of you that are listening are not married. And I don't even know, you know, what the percentages might be, but a lot of you, male and female, that aren't, that aren't married and you're listening, you're looking at pornography and you're masturbating. And I, I, I don't, I'm not here to heap guilt on you. I'm here to tell you that there's a better way. Uh, you already know it's wrong, 
but, but, I, and, and some of you are sleeping around like, this is like, not the, this is like in question, like the, a generation really gen X and younger are, are wondering, yeah, I mean, if I love the person and we're in a monogamous relationship with each other and Jeff, I'm not, I'm not, you know, entering into homosexuality. We, we're heterosexual. We love each other and it's okay if we sleep with each other. I'm like, yeah, not if you believe the Bible and you listen to the Holy spirit, it's not. So rather than making a bunch of rules about this and just, you know, people clicking stop on today's episode, I just want you to think through it with me because God wants husbands and wives that are physically able to have a lot of sex. It's actually in the Bible. Like we're not to defraud one another. We're actually supposed to enjoy that gift from God. And it's the only biblically lawful outlet and expression for sexuality. The only place where God says, I can bless that is in the context of heterosexual marriage. So today I'm not dealing with gender identity. Today I'm not dealing with the LGBTQ, you know, wanting to be embraced and accepted. You know, I can accept anybody. I can accept anybody, but that doesn't mean I approve. And who cares, by the way, what Jeff approves or doesn't approve? We want to, we want to find out what does God say? What does God say? So let me just give you a few verses today. And listen, I don't think I'm telling you stuff you haven't heard. I'm just asking you, are you letting the culture pull you away from this biblical commitment to purity? And um, are you letting your thoughts and views be redefined by what the culture says? Because the culture, I mean, we're getting to the point where the culture in certain fringe areas is demanding that adults can have sex with children. Pedophilia. Like there, there, there's literally um, movements and expressions and classes being taught in, in school that legitimize pedophilia. That children ought to be able to receive physical and sexual love from somebody who really, really loves them. And you ought to let the child decide. I mean, that kind of demonic stuff is actually being propagated by professors, by people that are in politics. And, you know, most people know you can't get away with that, but it's coming. You go back 40 years and nobody's talking about let's legalize and normalize homosexual uh, activity. And, and, of course, that's mainstream now. That, that, that ship has sailed. And I remember when the, you know, highly aggressive um, uh, advancement of the LGBTQ agenda was, was being propagated in the culture. I said, it's going to pass because the church went silent on it. So we lost that battle. Um, and now the next level is pedophilia. Mark my words. So on this podcast, hundred and episode 103 of Mavericks and Misfits, I'm not the only voice saying this, but I'm going on record. Pedophilia will eventually be sought to be legitimized and normalized in the American culture. It will happen. And if the church goes silent on it, it will probably become normal. I give it maybe 15 years. So let me just give you something. So Paul says this to Christians, because most of you that are listening are Christians. You've bowed your heart to Jesus Christ. You've received him as the Lord of your life. You say that he is your master. He's your king. He's your savior. He's your teacher. He's the one you love the most. You've died to yourself. You are following him. You're growing in wisdom and revelation. You're growing in the spirit. You're carrying your cross daily. Those are all you know statements that describe the Christian life. And so here's another one. This is instruction to people like you. It says, and people like me, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, you, you need to be familiar with 1 Corinthians 6 and 7, by the way, because both of those touch on sexuality. So 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18 says, flee from porneia. 
Sexual immorality is the English translation. Flee from sexual immorality. Run from it. And then it, it describes something. It says every other sin. So right there you see that sexual sin in the word of God is viewed in a category that is differentiated from other sins. So flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body or her own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And then Paul adds this, you're not your own. The expression should, I mean, we receive it like this. You're not your own anymore. You're not your own. You're saved. You belong to Jesus. Your body belongs to Jesus. You, you are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So in the context of human sexuality, Paul says, you no longer belong to yourself. You don't get to do with your body whatever you want to or whatever you used to do. Because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and he regards your body as his temple. And so, and Paul would go on and and in and, and, and the next chapter and he'd say, when a Christian joins his or her body to another person, you are actually attaching Jesus to the person that you're fooling around with. That is a repugnant thought, and it's in the Bible. Um, the, in chapter 7 the, of 1 Corinthians, the solution to properly expressing the God-given sexual desire that you have, the solution is this. Get married. First Corinthians 7, 2. Because of temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. And then, of course, Paul goes on to say more about the proper expression of biblical sexuality between a husband and a wife. But I find this like so crystal clear. In, in 1 Corinthians, and by the way, we could go to like literally dozens of passages, Old Testament and New, but I'm just trying to keep this in a, a thing to maybe hopefully impart to you some foundational thoughts about biblical sexuality. So it says this, that when we sin sexually, and we are in a highly sexualized culture, like my heart goes out to young people. Like when I was, when I was young and when I was lost, if you wanted to look at pornography, you had to find magazines or VHS tapes. And sadly, before I came to Jesus, that was a massive part of my life. I was exposed to pornography for the first time around the age of eight or nine. And so pornography back, back in the day was harder to get. Now, every single person that has a digital device that connects to the internet, you carry within your ability an entire world of porn. And just with simple searches, you can find whatever you want to find. I, my heart goes out to single people for that. And it's not just single people. I mean, listen, getting married doesn't crush your lust. You, you have to crucify your lust by walking in the spirit. But what getting married does is allows you a lawful, God-blessed outlet for your sexual desire which in theory at least can make it easier for you because a lot of this, especially for men, is physical. 
Men have a strong, and it's not just men, ladies, I'm not kicking you to the curb here, but men have a strong sexual desire. They need sexual release. I mean, I'm just going to tell, just speak plainly. They need ejaculation and orgasm. And it literally is a physical thing within a man. And um, so getting married allows that lawful, beautiful expression of sexual activity that communicates both um, emotional, relational love plus physical release. Um, and so when you're single, you don't have that outlet. And so Paul literally says, and guys, you just hear me on this. He says, because of sexual immorality, everybody needs their own spouse. I mean, that's in the Bible. So, you know, back in the day, man, people got married at 14, 15, girls, especially 14, 15, 16, the, the men would be 18, 19, 20 or older. And yeah, it sounds really weird now, but, but it, the divorce rate was lower. There was no such thing as abortion basically back in, you know, you go back a couple hundred years. It just wasn't normal. Now it's, you know, people like, please pass new legislation, new legislation. We really want to be able to kill our kids. We really, really deserve that right. That's our constitutional right to kill our children in the womb. And sometimes for some of the really demented outside of the womb, but sexual, um, expression in marriage, it just simply says this. And I mean, literally the Bible says because of temptation, you should get married. That's first Corinthians seven, two, because of temptation, you should get married. And the verse three says the husband should give to his wife, her conjugal rights. In other words, the husband should not defraud his wife of sexual expression. And then it says, and likewise, the wife to her husband. And then it goes on to, to, to say, this is, the, this is the way husbands and wives ought to operate with each other concerning physical intimacy. And by the way, it says in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 7 that the husbands and wives don't have full autonomy over their own bodies. That like your body belongs in one sense to your spouse and, you, and your spouse's body belongs to you. That's the physical, excuse me, that is the spiritual paradigm that the Bible gives over human sexuality within the confines of marriage. And it says, don't deprive one another unless you're fasting. And then Paul says this, I'll probably just stay in first Corinthians seven. I know I started in, I think first Corinthians six, but first Corinthians six is basically the warning. You've got to run away from sexual immorality. I, Jesus said this, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. Now, very quickly, I am not condoning nor advocating mutilating yourself but I, man I just do I find it interesting that Jesus talked about the hand and the eye and guys I mean those two things are usually involved when it comes to uh, looking at pornography the hand and the eye and so the intensity of it is that Jesus says hey look you got to get radical against this temptation you got to get radical and in our day, I would say this, if you can't quit looking at porn, you're probably going to have to get a phone or a tablet or a computer that at the very least has a filter on it or an accountability partner about it. Or maybe you don't need to carry a digital device. And I get it practically. That makes life rough because we all have phones We most of us have tablets of some sort. But if that's a gateway to your weakest temptation and you're constantly living in defeat, it means you're, you're bound. And man, bound people will do anything to get free, right? And so the other issue is, is this ongoing, what I call perpetual adolescence, where people that should be getting married um, are, are no longer getting married. Guys, hear me on this. 
Like there, there's a thing. There's a thing out there. Like there's dudes that you should be married. Like you should have a wife by now. You, you should be pursuing adulthood and manhood. That means the normal pattern for the 2000 history years of the church up until about 45 years ago was that a man knew that he was to grow up, earn a living, get married, have children, and share life with his wife and family. It was normal. Now look at what we're doing today. Young men are not leaving the home until their mid-20s. If, sometimes 30s. Young men are... You know, I know it's kind of a stereotypical thing, but they're looking at playing video games all the time or hanging with their buds and, you know, bouncing around from job to job or floundering, you know, trying to find their purpose at 25. And a lot of young men in the meantime <clears throat> don't want to get married because the deception around pornography that has conditioned their lives since they were about 12 or 13 paints this picture of what sexuality and women are to be and women are objectified as little more than sexual objects for men who are to exploit them to get their own sexual release and for Christian men who find themselves in the bondage of pornography there's the added layer of perpetual shame because they're in bondage like they can't go a week or a month or two months without looking at pornography and masturbating. And so they're getting their sexual release privately. And so they're not motivated to like, people don't like this, but like the Bible says one of the motivations for marriage, one of them, not the only is that you might not sin sexually. That's actually in the Bible. And so what we've done is we've made marriage about romance and the mystery and the magic and that special somebody. And listen, some of that stuff's real, but, but ultimately if you're 27 years old or 24 years old and you're looking at porn and you're masturbating, I'm going to tell you if that's a normal part, men and women, you are living in a demonic stronghold. You're demonized because the amount of demonic activity attached to pornography and fornication And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just looking at porn. I mean, some people are just sleeping around like in the church, sleeping around and they don't think it's a sin anymore. And it's, it's a total demonization of the, the mindset of the American Christian because they've grown up in a pornographic society and it feels normal. And yet the Holy spirit within them is perpetually grieved. And, um, you know, and guys, I'm just going to say the hard stuff. Some people that are, are like locked into sexual immorality and it's a normal part of their life some of those people aren't even saved even though they prayed the prayer they go to church they might be serving but guys listen jesus christ is stronger than the demonic realm jesus christ is stronger than your flesh jesus christ will set you free and the christian doesn't just wish to be free the christian will do whatever it takes to get free and so my concern is that a lot of people that have grown up in church and you know ask the Lord Jesus come into my heart, that kind of paradigm, but they're in sexual bondage. They're, they're, they're deceived. 
And I, I don't know, um, I don't know where we lost our grip on this thing that it's okay. And it's just going to be a part of people's lives and Hey, the culture's so strong. Just don't expect people to get free. I remember when people used to preach against looking at pornography and the subtle shift has occurred over the last several years where preachers are not talking about looking at pornography. They're talking about now just being addicted to it. And I, I'm concerned that the subtle nuance there, the shift is that, well, everybody's going to look at porn, but let's just make sure they don't get addicted to it. Um, I don't know what other sin we do that with. Like, um, everybody's going to gossip. Let's just make sure they don't do too much of it. Everybody's going to slander. So, you know, hey, guys, manage your sin. Manage your slander. Um, everybody's going to kill from time to time. But just, you know, don't become a mass murderer. Now, that's an extreme thought. But we're, we're literally saying everybody's going to have to lust. And just let's just manage that lust at a level where it doesn't become addiction. And the problem is, is you can't. You can't. You can't master sin, excuse me, you can't manage sin um, perpetually. It eventually owns you. You know, Colossians chapter 3 tells us to put to death. This is what Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death. Now that's radical. That's extreme. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly that is in you. And the first thing in the list, sexual immorality. Put to death sexual, sexual immorality. Put to death impurity. Put to death passion. Put to death evil desire. Those are all, those are four words in the Bible that are expressing, um, you know, the sense of sexual uh, gratification outside the confines of marriage. Sexual immorality, impurity, that deals more with your mind, like in impure thoughts. Passion, that deals with these longings. Evil desire, that deals with the longings. And the Bible just says, don't pet those things. Don't put them on a leash. Kill them. Kill those things in you. Um, when you get down, what's crazy, by the way, I think this is a good time to speak of the famous verse from Romans 12, uh, where Paul says, by the mercies of God, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Present your body. You present your own body to God as a living sacrifice in a holy and acceptable way. And then he adds, don't be conformed to the world. Don't go with the way of the world. Don't believe the world's lies. Don't believe that you're always going to be a porn addict or, or a porn looker. Don't believe that you're, you know, you, you're, uh, you're in bondage perpetually to masturbating. Don't believe you have to sleep with your boyfriend or he's going to leave you. If, if that's the condition of that relationship, let that loser walk. Like if you have to give in to your boyfriend or your fiance's sexual needs before marriage, that's the wrong guy. That's totally the wrong guy. That is not God's man for you. And I'd say the same thing to the dudes. If, if she has to have sex with you and she, in, in some way that, that you repent, you repent, you give her an opportunity to repent with you. And if she won't, it's over, man. That's not the person you're supposed to be with. It's either that or you get married. Like I've counseled many couples that couldn't quit getting in bed with each other. And, and like, do y'all love each other? We love each other. Well, why are you sinning against each other? Well, we don't want to do that anymore, but we can't keep our hands off each other. We can't stay out of bed. Okay. So if you're going to do that, what you need to do is get the biblical commitment to marriage. It's a vow between you and God, a lifelong commitment, get married or separate from each other, but you can't keep doing what you're doing. Now, that, that kind of saps the romantic notion out of marriage. You mean, Jeff, you tell people to get married so they'll stop fornicating? I do because the Bible does. It's like break up or get married. 
And so for you guys that are like wrestling with guilt over this, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to wind up here in a minute because this is just heavy stuff. But in 1 John 1, 9, a very famous verse from 1 John 1, maybe the most famous verse. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess and forsake your sexual sin today. Confess and forsake your sexual sin today. Confess it. Forsake it. There's no temptation that has come upon you, but such as is common to other people. And God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to endure, but will with the temptation make a way of escape for you. And you'll be able to endure it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Jeff Lyle paraphrase. No temptation you're dealing with is any different than what other people have dealt with. And God is so faithful that he will never allow a temptation to find you that you can't overcome. So don't blame God. You can overcome it if you confess and forsake your sin. When the temptation hits you, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God will make a way for you to escape it and you will endure and overcome it. That's the Bible. So you're not a prisoner of your lust. You're not a prisoner of your longing. If you confess and forsake your sin, God's going to forgive your sin. You know, and so when we go through all of these things, guys, this is just um, like, it's just heavy, man. But I'm, I'm speaking this out of really, truly a heart of deep, deep love for you. Because I don't, I don't want you to be bound in this kind of thing the rest of your life. Because ultimately, you know, you get to the back of the Bible and there's several statements in the book of Revelation Um like in Revelation 22, it says that the sexually immoral are outside of the kingdom. Guys, Galatians 5 says those that are living lives of sexual immorality have no inheritance in the kingdom. That means a person who is a slave to their sexual sins likely has never been born again. I'm sorry to be the deliverer of that, but man, that's important says you got no inheritance in the kingdom it means there's nothing you're not in the kingdom doesn't mean you just lose your reward it just means you don't have your inheritance because you're not in the kingdom if you are living in perpetual bondage so what do you do don't don't despair don't freak god hasn't rejected you he's using his word to tell you, you the reason why you can't overcome this thing is cuz you don't have my nature in you and i'm not saying that everybody that slips up and has an impure thought or messes up and looked at porn last year. Um, I'm not saying that you're lost, but what I'm saying is that the pattern of our lifestyle indicates where our master is. And as I close, I'm going to say this. This is my personal belief. You don't have to agree with me. Every person that has ever spent time attached to sexual sin, you have a soul tie with your physical partners And if you have, maybe you're still technically a virgin, but you have indulged in pornography, there's a demonic stronghold in your life and you need to go through deliverance. Like not, you need to just pray. You need to get the stronghold torn down and you need to go through deliverance. And maybe I'll do a a podcast episode on deliverance, but deliverance is when you go back and you break off every single connection you have to every physical partner, sexual partner you've had, you make a decree and a declaration with bringing the power of the blood 
the authority of Jesus. You renounce every agreement you've made with strongholds, uh, demonic strongholds in your life. Like you go back and you reclaim by the power of Jesus Christ and in his name and through his blood, you reclaim what you had previously forfeited. And you renounce and you evict all demonic activity out of your life. And you need to do that. Guys, I'm just going to go on record here. But like I went through deliverance. Like I, I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher, preacher, and I am a, you know, a, a COO of a Bible college. Those are all positional things. None of that sanctifies me. And so because, unfortunately, my terrible history, like I got saved at 24, so I had a long history of sin. There came a time where for the sake of my wife and my children, like this, I did this too late. I wish I'd done this before I'd even gotten married. I, I, I had to sit down with a couple with restoring the foundations ministry. And I spent five days away from my family and I went through my history and I broke off every soul tie and I renounced every agreement I made with the demonic realm. And I confessed everything I knew that I could confess so that I could be entirely free. And I don't regret it for a second that I did it. It cost me money. It cost me time. It cost me pride. Nothing worse than, you know, having to just go back through your history. But I wanted to go back as best as I could to take ownership of it. So the enemy didn't hang it over my head. So I'm sitting here talking to you today. It's like, man, like sexual sin is not my problem. It's not my problem. Some of you don't think you, I, I was addicted to pornography from, from age 14 to 24. I didn't even know I was addicted to it. I look back now with Christian eyes and I say, oh, I was a full-blown addict and it felt normal to me. And I, I can tell you here today by the grace and the mercy of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, not, not just salvation, but intentionally saying, I'm severing every stronghold, every tie, every, every unintentional agreement I made with the demonic realm concerning purity uh, or lack of purity c- concerning lust. I am renouncing it. I'm saying, I'm putting hell on notice. No, I will not belong to you in any part of my life because I belong to Jesus Christ, the son of God who loved me, died for me and has forgiven me and made me a new creature. That's my identity. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to live it. And you need to go there. Ladies, you need to go there. Ladies, you don't give your body to any man. Gentlemen, stop giving your, your, your sexual lust to your hand. Forgive me for the bluntness. Stop giving your eyes to demonic pornography that literally opens the door to, for demons to come into you. You've got to take ownership and you've got to say, for the glory of Jesus and in the power of Jesus and under the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, I am done with my sexual sinful history. And for those of you that need to, Find a wife, not just for the purpose of sexuality, but for the purpose that you can love her like Christ loves the church. But I'm not going to ignore what first Corinthians seven says. It says in order to avoid sexual immorality, get married. So my bros in your twenties, get a wife, get a wife, get a wife. Ladies, I know some of you godly Christian women are waiting on the men to step up. Be patient and pour yourself into the Lord and pray that God will bring you that husband who will love you. I know you are. I'm, I'm sorry if this sounds burdensome to you, but like, don't give up and don't give yourself to anybody. Wait till your husband, wait till your wedding date. For those of you that have already blown it sexually, 1 John 1, 9, I mean, you either believe it or you don't. Repent and forsake it. God forgives and cleanses. That's the bottom line. 
There's no negotiation. God says, bring me your junk, bring me your history, bring me your past, bring it all to me, bring it and make a decision to forsake it, that you're going to stop doing these things and then press into the Holy Spirit for the power to do it. Because the Holy Spirit never leads us into lust and he always leads us into purity. So that's some straight talk today. I hope that you can receive it and we will see you next time, or at least we'll talk to you next time on Mavericks and Misfits. Have you picked up a copy of Jeff's book, Figuring It Out As I Go? His life story of abandonment as a child, an embrace of the occult and addiction as a teenager, and a nearly deadly battle with depression and rage as a young adult serves as an intense backdrop to Jeff's supernatural conversion at the age of 24. From there, Jeff writes of powerful seasons of deliverance, healing, and breakthrough, which were followed by tragedy, betrayal, and deep challenges, which only God could turn around. If you want to hear a powerful account of the triumph of God's grace and Jeff's surprising journey into the mysteries of the Holy Spirit, pick up a copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at jefflyle.com or wherever else you buy books. You can also download a copy of Jeff narrating Figuring Out As I Go on audible.com.